I got my music because I'm up in Alaska. How you guys doing? Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. And like I said, I'm traveling. Um, sitting in my hotel up in Alaska. Got about an hour till Mark will come grab me. Uh, back to the Mark and Frank show this week um, up here. A bunch of classes, a bunch of stuff going on. So we're looking forward to that. But uh, I wanted to throw this episode out here and, and, and put it up for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, I, well, let me back up a little bit. The, the, there's, there's a couple things happening. First, thank you for the burger, no BSBC comments and compliments and everything. Those uh, episodes are going really well. I have another excellent, another really great episode that I'm going to be posting probably Monday or so. Um, like I said, I'm up here in Alaska, so I'm sitting on the one episode. And so uh, I wanted to put this out because we had a couple things happen just over the last almost two weeks now that I didn't bring up. And, and we haven't really been talking current events or anything kind of what's happening today out in the, you know, the rifle community or however you want it, the gun industry. But Frank DeSoma passed away from POF. Um, Frank was a good friend of the site, good friend of mine. I, I liked Frank a lot. Um, loved his rifles. And, and early, early, early on, I mean, with rifles only, precision rifle competitions and things like that, POF was a huge, huge supporter of those events, you know. And, and Frank was always there. Um, long time Frank was uh, the sponsor of the helicopter event that we used to have at the Sniper's Hide Cup, uh, gave away several rifles. I mean, really just great stuff. And then, you know, he's, he, we weren't doing as much, or at least me and in, in that, I hadn't been doing a whole lot because Frank kind of went to lighter rifles, was doing a lot of three gun stuff, but I would see him every shot show and go by and try to catch him, walk by three, four times to find him and, and, and uh, you know, to catch up with him. And he was just super psyched about all the stuff that he was doing. I mean, these guys, and part of this, what it is, is they have a passion for it. It goes beyond the dollars and cents. It goes beyond some of the things um, that drive companies to do what they do. And, and that was evident with uh, Frank DeSoma is his passion for what he did and everything around him. And, and you know, there's always ups and downs in the industry and, and things. And, and when, you know, when the downs kind of happen, it upset him personally. And, and that was, a, that was in, you know, hard for him. And still, it, it, you know, he came out the other side, everything's good. And, and, and it's just, it's really, really, um, you know, a shame that we lost him so early. But he, he was a big, big supporter of this industry. And, and I know, you know, like I said, I got four of his POF rifles. Mine all shoot fantastic. I love them. Uh, everything's great. You know, uh, you can go to, I think people misunderstand how to shoot a semi a lot of times. So it's easy for a large frame semi-auto rifle to get a bad reputation because of a, um, a shooter. You know, it's it's not as simple as it seems, and you can't compare it to two two threes and things like that. Um, there there's a technique to shooting a semi-auto well, and, and and if you did shoot them well, I mean the the POFs rocked. I I could tell you a story. Um, years ago, uh, during the wars, everything was going on big time. You know, we're going pre pre ten, I think two thousand and ten. 
So an uh, agency or somebody was like looking at rifles and wanted to see semi-auto and stuff. And, you know, it, they, they said, hey, we heard you um, have some POFs. And, you know, can we shoot them and bring our stuff? And it's like, yeah, come on over, man. No problem. And they had gone and shot the LaRue's at the time. They shot uh, Knight's Armament. They shot, you know, all this other stuff. And then it's like they get to the, my POF and they shot it the best out of everything. It's like they hammered it. I mean, the gun just rocked it. It'll be sub three eights with their factory federal ammo. Oh, you know, good stuff. All in hammered it. And, and it was like, damn, man, this gun shoots. Well, then because of personalities, they ended up making a decision and went with another company and hated it. And all that was around these personalities and stuff where the best the best tool for the job got overlooked because, you know, uh, personality clashes and things. I mean, we don't all get along with everybody that well. I mean, sometimes you got to kind of overlook it. You know, I, I kind of had that conversation with Mark the other day, you know, and, and he's like, Oh, man, I don't know if we should be dealing with that. And, and and it's like, yeah, you know, I get where you're coming from. And the thing is, if you you cannot deal with it, but don't say anything because you don't want to undercut it because there's some power brokers out there. And it's like, yeah, you just got to look at it, dude. Where, yeah, you know, we may not want to be around this kind of situation. But rather than tell people, hey, man, don't go near that situation, you just don't say anything. You don't bring them up. And, and I, you know, I'm guilty of not doing that sometimes and different things. But, uh, you know, that's just how it was. But it was just amazing that, you know, this system did so well back then. And because of personality, it went in another direction. You know, and, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's sad in, in a way. But I get it. It, it happens. And, and, and we all base certain decisions, especially now with some of the cancel culture stuff and things going away. And in and, and the, and the gymnastics they do to kind of explain, you know, well, it's not really cancel. And it's like, ah, come on, dudes. You guys know people try to do that. And you know, I've had that tag where they'll call you irrelevant. Oh, you're irrelevant, man. You, you know. And it's like those people are gone, man. Those, those guys came and went. And it, it, it's like they lasted three years maybe. And, it, it, and it's like, oh, come on, dudes. You, you know, you're, you're going to try to sway the industry to your will. It doesn't. And then you want to cancel what's, you know, oh, we don't like that. And, 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 and then when it don't work, then they go off and do their own thing. But that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that easy mark. And they're looking for that ability for like sheeps to follow them and, and basically just, you know, oh, we'll, we'll boycott this and boycott that and weird, man. But no, and, and, and another thing too, it's interesting because I, I wasn't too long ago, we did the um, podcast with uh, John Norris and uh, that Hidden War, the Gun Digest books and all that stuff that do my book in, in, in the Practical Marksman. I got a case up here. Uh, in Alaska, I had it shipped up so I didn't have to carry damn shit on the plane. And I'll get into that later. What a friggin' nightmare that was. There's no consistency in this world, man. It's gone. Consist Even just now, I just went downstairs to go get my breakfast. And and it, it's it's like, oh, you know, I got a restaurant voucher, the whole thing and all this. I go in and then, like, it's got this maze. And they're like, no, don't go here, may here. And they got chairs and you got to go through this maze. And then they're like, no, you got to call us and... uh 
you know, don't don't come down here, but you're down here now, we'll do it. But you got to go out there, and, and it's like nobody wants you near any. It's like, oh, dude, why? What's going on, man? I, it's like, I can't deal with that. It, it, I need consistency. Getting on the airplane um, took me over 45 minutes to check my bag yesterday because United added a bunch of flights and everything. And then they wouldn't give me a firearms card, right? So I'm waiting and waiting, and, and, and it was all messed up because they changed the kiosks. They did all this stuff, and nobody could figure it out. I saw it because I traveled last week, and, and, and no, so I knew what was going on, and I actually was able to fix the guy next to me. But there was people backed up because the app don't work. This isn't happening. So here I go, and then... I finally get up to the kiosk, get up, and I, I got about a 45-minute wait in line. And uh, I said, to, you know, I said, hey, I need a firearms card. And the guy goes, uh, when's your flight? I'm like, 1125, and, and it's like 10 o'clock now. Well, you could wait. And he wouldn't give me a card. Well, then the other girl comes by, and she's like, what are you waiting for? And I'm like literally sitting there. My bags are checked. Everything's ready. Just got to put the tags on and throw them on the bin. And then I got to carry my rifle down to uh, TSA. And, um... This lady comes over and, and I said, oh, I need a firearms card. You can't do that here. You got to go over there. I said, no, I could do it here. I always do it here. And, and then she walked away and wouldn't do that. And it was like, it's like these people are nuts, man. They, they just don't. So then I go and you take your firearm, the TSA. I was traveling with that 615 case that I got and had my AT folded up in it. Tripod, AT, spare barrel. Um, spot scope was in there. <laughs> COVID. <clears throat> and so um I'm uh I am walking with this dude and, and I'm like, dude, what's going on? Why is United so jacked up and, and everything? And he's like, Oh dude, they added a hundred flights and people are on furlough, you know, that that guaranteed and nobody came back to work. People don't want to be in the airport. So I'm a ground crew guy and they brought me up to do this runner shit because it's like, oh, it's a mess. So then we go to TSA, you know. And, and run that through, no problem. Take it back. Well, then I go to, I go to uh, security. Three minutes. Not even three minutes. There's no line. I was f- almost 50 minutes to check my rifle. And then three minutes to get through TSA. And, or, you know, to get down to the gate. And it was like, what the hell? It, it's bizarro world. And, and, and that's kind of the theme, man. I'm going to just call it bizarro world. But then the other one I want to talk about is Robert Gradis. Um, Robert Gradis, uh, as many of you know, I went down to Georgia years ago. I'd have to look it up online to, to know what year I went. I don't remember. Um, I went down there because Robert Gradis, I describe him to people as that old guy in Shooter who, you know, still got the shovel, that kind of guy, you know. It, that's kind of like Robert Gradis. He's that kind of... Subject matter expert in the swamps of Georgia, off by Augustus over there, and very few of you know his name. And you may know him from my gunsmithing class. You may know him from certain builds lately. He's more public. But, like, he's set up like Surgeon. He's worked with bunches and bunches of gunsmiths like Ajir Joplins and things. I mean, there's just, there's names you know that Robert Gradis had his finger on. You know, but you may have never, ever known that. And, you know, it's it's a big blow to the industry, especially how he went. And, and you know, 
Um, it, it's just a, it's a weird place we're living in. It's bizarro world, man. I guess that'll be my theme, right? Calling it bizarro world. But so I go and I hear about this guy that has this gunsmithing class where you bring all your parts, show up, and you build with him over your shoulder a custom rifle. And when you leave at the end of the week, it's all done. So it's a neat thing, you know, if you're going to be in this industry and I write about it, talk about it, you know, post about it, I should know how to build it and do all this and going back at the time. And so I go down there and the dude is just salt of the earth like this, you know, going through the field and I'm in this dry cabin with an outhouse at the swamp. And there's there's literally like a spider web off of where all this is. You got to go by that's bigger than this whole hotel room I'm in. It's just crazy. Like it's, but I mean, coming East Coast guy and all that, you come down here and, and it's like I'm literally in the swamps of Georgia, dude. And and the funny thing, this story's got multiple parts to it. So I fly in and I fly down here, in, or down to Georgia when I'm gonna go see Robert. And when I get to the airport to get my rental car, there's this really like good-looking Russian chick behind the counter, and she wants to you know upgrade you. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. So she had at the time like a Transformer, Bumblebee, Camaro, convertible, HUD. I mean, it was trick the frig out. Had a HUD display, everything, but it was a Transformer Camaro. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. And funny as hell, like the rifle case didn't even fit it. Like I put the, the back down to put the rifle case in and all this stuff. It was, it was it was pretty comical just getting it. Well, then I get to Robert's place. I find it. I roll into this farmland and he's got a shop and all that. Well, then when he's taking me to the cabin where I'm going to stay on his property, it's through the fields and in the woods at a swamp. And I'm like, got a four-wheel drive, this Camaro, this Transformer Camaro that didn't transform her into a four-wheel drive. At one point, because the slick morning dew on the field where I parked the car, one morning I almost couldn't get out because it was getting stuck. It was spinning the tires and I'm like almost rolling backwards. It was funny as hell. So then, you know, I go build the rifle with Robert and Robert's nervous as hell because he's like Frank Galley, Sniper's Hides here. He had like a spare barrel you know, assuming if we mess it up or screw up because, I mean, there's, there was, there was a lot of, I mean, it put a lot of nerves on him and I could just imagine somebody paying a bill and, and you're kind of walking them through, letting them do the work with your kind of hand on their hand if it screws up. It, it, it's, it's like, oh shoot, dude, sorry, we nuked your rifle or you did, you know, it would be your fault in a way, but your fault with him watching you. So that was a lot of pressure, which is probably one of the reasons it, he didn't do it very long. But then I, you know, Robert and I both went and uh, we went to the movies that night. One of the nights we were there, I think it was Thursday night, like the Cerakote night, like the last night I was there because um, we had sprayed it, letting it dry and it was pretty much done. So we went to the movies locally and saw Captain America. And so I remember seeing my first time seeing Captain America which is on like every other day if you got cable. I got DirecTV at home and Epic Channel plays Captain America every other day. Um, you know, so, but every time now I see Captain America on TV, I'm going to think about Robert Gratis, you know? But I mean, smart, uh, humble, 
all these things that describe the, this guy. You know, I mean, we, we lose Frank DeSomo. We lose, um, you know, Robert Greatest all within. And none of this COVID related. I mean, Robert had some reaction to some bad meds and things that were going on, you know. But it, it's just, oh, man. And, and, and so I've, I've been doing all these other things and didn't address it other than some posts here and there and, and, and condolences and stuff. But I, just to put it out on the podcast that, hey, you know, the, 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 we're getting older, man. There's things going on in bizarro land that don't bode well for everybody. And it, it's just, ah, uh, it, it, it kills you to think about it. That, man, we, you know, uh, it, there, there was a huge, I mean, I, if I remember, I want to say that Kevin D there, when we were all shooting and Frank gave away a rifle, I want to say we played the practical joke on Kevin with the POF. So what we, there was, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to make it the POF if it wasn't. So uh, team blaster shooters, man, you got Jamelli and you got uh, Kevin and, and Rob and, and those guys. And so they're, they're team blaster in their thing. And for the first time, Kevin's going to win a rifle. And we all know. So what these guys do is they go in the back, and I almost, I'm almost positive Frank DeSoma was there, and, and the whole. So they go in the back, and these guys are like teabagging and photographing like this this rifle that Kevin's gonna win. I mean, they're getting downright like friggin' sexually rude with this rifle. It's funny as hell. So then when he's in front of the sniper's hide cup, it might have been the bash or the cup, whatever it was. And, you know, everybody's excited because Kevin's a great dude, um, fun guy, you know, total hysterics with him. And he's winning something. And, and, and he was always kind of that likable underdog early on coming up. And Kevin's going to win, man. So they're like, love it, kiss it, hug it. And he's all over this friggin' POF. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you, people. Mm-hmm. And and oh boy, it was like and and that just cheered the crowd on even more because now it's out in the crowd of what everybody did with this rifle, and they're dying over it. And 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 Kevin's mm-hmm. and and oh, it was such funny shenanigans, man. And, and it's that kind of stuff that, you, I mean, you remember and you have fun with. And I remember Frank, like I said, I'm, I'm 99% sure positive he was there in the back. He had that crooked smile, that look he has with the eye and the whole thing. He does that Frank look. I'm doing it in the mirror right now. There's a mirror in front of me. I'm like, yeah, that's the look. And, and he does that look and everything. And, and it's, it's just, it was fun as hell, man. You know, and it's that kind of stuff. But then... You know, you, you jump back over to Robert and you look at everybody he's touched in that Georgia area, that southeastern part of the country. And it's just Robert was, you know, a, a rock star is the wrong word. He was more like a, um, a, a, like a composer, you know. It, he was more of an orchestrator. He, he did all this stuff. He had that skill and knowledge and he orchestrated so much for other people. Um, you know, uh, he's unselfish, you know what I mean? And and he wanted to give his skill to other people and he wanted you to have his skill. And so that's why he ran around and like 
gave lessons on machining and how to do it this way and help companies kind of, you know, hey, man, if you're going to mass produce this and you're going to do this, do it like this. And so I always think of him as like, he's that expert. And, I, you know, I would picture in my mind, this is going to be, you know, 20 years from now, he would have been 80 years old in that swamp and people would be seeking his counsel like that old guy on Shooter. And that's what you'd be doing. You know what I mean? Hey, could you do this? Can you do that? And you'd be going into the woods of Georgia and you'd be looking up for Robert and you'd say, hey, man, can you get away with it? Yeah, you can. Okay, cool. And then that's where that would come in. But that's not going to happen, man. And that's, that's, that's a terrible, terrible loss for this community and for everybody. I, I mean, from the, from the Arizona crew and everybody out there and, and all that around Frank and then Georgia and everybody down there around Robert, um, I just wanted to throw this bizarro episode out for y'all because um, it really it, it is, I get it, man, and, and it really is a, 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 a terrible, terrible thing. So, um, you know, that, that's just something that I, I, I wanted to uh, put out there. But wow, wow, what a crazy, uh, this, this stuff is just, there is no rhyme, no reason, no consistency. It, it's, the, no, the, uh, you know, just like coming in the airport with the quarantine and the protocols and the, the this, they don't want to do any of this. This is just a, a scare tactic for this stuff. They're like, people are showing up with their handwritten paperwork and download off the internet and do all this, do all that. And it's like, no, we don't want that. We want you to do it online over there so they're taking people that had hard copy paperwork and they're like no you got to go over there and do it and it's like why they just did it for you and if this is meant to be a system and a process but it's not they just want to throw your name in a database and basically say we want you in our computer because when the people who did it hard copy are told no do it digital it's like come on you know but they, they it was all like interns running the show when you come in here it's like that's the interns man it's like they want to see your qr code where's your got a qr code yep right here okay you're good it's like what what does that mean you don't even know what any of this says you know you're they're ridiculous man they 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 they, it's it's just a control measure on shit i mean i get it there's yeah i'm not saying there, there isn't precautions to be taken, but to, to the levels we're going, holy man, it's it's crazy. Coffee break. I think I've been talking for 22 minutes and 43 seconds without breathing. So, um, breathing, man, breathing, breathing, breathing. So I'm working on some stuff. I'm I'm working on a booklet, and I did a weaponized math worksheet. Okay, I came up with a good for classes now. I'm going to put it in everything. So this first class, we printed them and we'll have them. Um, so the weaponized math will be um, running on a worksheet, man. And, and that's going to work out really well. I, I want to know. I want to ask you guys. I mean, because I, I don't know. Um, what's your process? What are you looking for? I mean, if you, if you, are you just going right to software? Come in and give me some Q and A back or something. I need some, I need some feedback back where I'm going to go on strike after the burger thing again. I'm going to go on strike again. I'm going to sit back for like a month, um, and not do anything. But yeah, I want some feedback, man. What, what do you, what are you missing? What are you looking for that you need help in? Where is something? And on a tangible side too, 
you know, it, it, is it, hey, how do I gather my dope? How do I interpret my data? How am I doing this? How am I executing that? I mean, we talk about the fundamentals. We talk about executing the shots and, and going through the firing task and the processes and things. And, and you know, we do talk about wind and, and a lot. And we try, you know, we play with the wind and the miles per hour. And, and the wind episode from Amol is just fantastic. If you haven't listened, if you've listened to this one and you haven't listened to the wind one, you should be listening to those two and three times, um, really seriously. But I want to know, you got access to me, man. What hole can I fill? Whether it's with something like hard copy, whether it's like, how do we do this better? You know, what's that question out there that people, I mean, is it software related? Is it something where it's like, hey, man, we just want to use software. We don't want to worry about data books. We don't want hard copy because I'm going back harder and harder and harder to hard copy. Okay, I'm going hard copy, man. I'm digging it. The softwares, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I still use them. I got them. They're, I'm, I'm fans of them. I bought the AB friggin' watch because I was talking with Brian in the morning. It was on and blah, blah, I was looking to get a, a, another Garmin. I have the Bravo Tactic. And now the Delta has AB in it. But I was looking at them just like a couple days ago, and I wasn't even going to do the tactic again. I was going to get like a Phoenix 6. And so I'm, I'm like, ah, maybe a 42. There's 47, 45. No, I may want a 42, you know, but I want these features. Oh, they don't have it in that. Okay, cool. So I was stalling. So the, before I left yesterday, I'm like, I'm buying the AB. So I, I don't mind, I like the idea of having something with horsepower on me and with me, but I don't know if I necessarily want to use it for what I'm doing. I'd really only be using it for the in-betweens, but even that. Think of, you know, mills, man, we talk mills and how much easier mills are. Mills, 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 you know, they're so easy and you could, you know, the wind works in its favor. Yards do too. Think about this. You break 100 yards up by every 10-yard increment. Add a tenth. Add a tenth. Add a tenth. Add a tenth. You know. Oh, we got... If, say, 700. Just as an... Uh, that's probably not right. So let's go 9. Say 900 yards for you. 8 or 9, somewhere in there. It's like... 0.7 mils, 0.7. And you got a, you know, 783 yard target, 7.8. Because it's like a mil almost between all those yard lines until you get outside the envelope, you know, once you start getting outside the range of that. But it's like 0.8 to a mil. So that makes it a, a, every tenth is a mil. And there's like four MOA every 100 yards. You know, a little less, but right in there, about four MOA. So every 25, or, or uh, yeah, every 25 yards, you're adding an MOA, right? So it's like MOA, boom, half, you know, whoa, 450, okay, that's two MOA to that. You know, that kind of thing. I mean, it, there's you can finesse it to fine-tune it, but really, it's just add a tenth, add a tenth, add a tenth, you know? So what problem can we solve, or what Thing are we looking at that might need to be addressed because I really do think there's some things out there that I'm going to address on my end 
I want to know what you guys are looking at on your end. Fill me in. Say, you know where my problem comes? My problem that needs to be solved is X. So go in the comments, go on Sniper's Hide, go in the forum, under the Everyday Sniper banner, and tell me my problem is X and I'd like a solution for it. Now, don't say I want a, uh, you know, some, I, I want a, a ELR scope for $100, kind of, you know, don't say you want a, uh, you know, a piece of kit like that. But what's something that we can create for you? It could be a checklist, it could be a sheet, it could be a new way of doing data book. I mean, it's something uh, that, like, I personally don't think we're absorbing information in the same way. So one of my heads is kind of going into a different type of method of securing and working with the data. So I'm kind of thinking about that because I figure with our phones and Kestrels and different things, we're no longer like books, but we still want to be able to write. We still want to record. We still want to put in... We, we need to back up your computer with some hard world data, and that's how you finesse and fine-tune certain things. So I'm kind of looking at that uh, to give you an example of where I'm thinking. Like the weaponized math, I think, is being underutilized right now. The charts that Ted made are fantastic. They're all great, but I'm going to be pushing the workbook a little bit more because like in classes, we're saying, here it is, this is it, what's going on. But then we're kind of walking away from the students with that. So I created the workbook. So that way, uh, a work you'll have when you're in class, you'll be actually using a workbook. And so um, to, to do your math in and to kind of show your work, you know, we're, we're going to common core it, but we're not. But we're going to show your work on what you're doing. So to me, it resonates more when you show your work. So that's kind of where I'm at and what I'm looking for. But. All right, guys, that's, that's just what I wanted to throw out there. I wanted to get this out before I get too far down the road. Uh, I do have another uh, burger podcast ready to roll. It's on the computer. I just got to upload it. Uh, we'll see how that goes but um, soon. And then, um, you know, from there, we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. But uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for going on the Sniper Side Forum. Thanks for getting my book, even though I have absolutely no clue how many are sold or what's been going on with it. I, I haven't even seen promotion, but I, I'm here talking about it. I like the book, or at least the feedback I'm getting from it. I, I think it was a, a good representation, short and to the point. Um, I did note a piece of criticism from some guy on Amazon. He's, I, I won't even, he's a fucking dumbass. Uh, doesn't understand what the hell he's even looking at. You know, oh, it's got pictures, but they don't all relate to anything. The pictures in the book were probably some of the smartest things I've ever done because people are going around and saying, that's me. That's me. That's me. You know, that kind of stuff. And, and it's resonating in a way I don't think everybody can understand. I would do it again in a minute. And I would put a metric ton of worthless pictures of students in my book. Um, and they're not worthless because they're showing something. They are demonstrating a form or an attention to detail or where we put our focus, like the bipods being worked on or the scopes or the things. There, there, there is a, a, a method to a lot of it, uh, you know, but I, I am in the dark as to what is going on with it. I, I don't have the first clue. They told me I was supposed to get some kind of 
something July or June or and you know. Oh, I did ask though. I reached out and I talked to the guy this week. I may do an audible version that is a frank a frank rant audible. So what'll happen is I'm gonna in the in the I talked to an audio engineer I got hooked up with through the gun digest people to talk about how to do it and all this stuff. So this I'm like, here's what I want to do. I'm known for my tangents, I'm known for rants, I'm known for that and this and that and the other thing. I want to do a reading of my book, but include all the behind and rant and everything, almost like a director's cut, but with commentary. I want it read by me that way. And the dude's like, that's a great idea. So that might be happening this fall where I'm going to do a, uh, a commentary reading where I'm going to give you some of the things I didn't put in writing, I'll put in the audible. So I've been talking about that part of it. But thank you guys who have been, been so positive with the book. Um, I really appreciate it. I, you know, I didn't want it to be the same thing. I didn't want it to be like everybody else's. I wanted it to go a little outside the box. I don't think we absorb information the same way as we used to. So one, I wanted the pictures because I think people's attention spans are, are shorter, you know, and two, but I wanted some really solid data that gets to the point. And I didn't want to talk about everything over the last 100 years of shooting in hopes that something resonates. It's like, nah, do it like this now. Why do it like that? Why talk about that anymore? We don't do it. We don't do that anymore. So why would I talk about it? That kind of thinking. So anyway, that's where I'm at with that. So cool stuff, man. Sorry, I got no outro, intro music. I'm out.